welcome back to another episode of Horror Cats and Witch Hats. It's Katie and Izzy, and we realize it's been a long time. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah, shit happened. But we're yeah. here. Um, yeah, we're back, and uh, we got a fucking big one to talk about. Yes, and we're going to try, and we say this literally every episode, but we'll try and be more regular from now on. <laughs> every we say that and then it just gets worse and worse i need jamie lee curtis to show up feed me some activia and make this stuff regular that's what we need yeah man yeah exactly we need some scream queen regularity up in here <laughs> did you watch scream queens ever no it's I, I fucking love that show dude it's so good so it's on my list i just i haven't watched it you have to watch it andy and i love it it's so fucking funny um Anyways, that's not what we're talking about today. Yeah, so we last talked to you about doing Cabin in the Woods. And so that's what we're doing. And holy moly. I should have prepared Izzy for what she was getting into because this movie is fucking nuts. Yeah, so I was under the impression that this was like a request many moons ago from one of our listeners. I think it was Sierra Starshine, maybe. Um, And so the way that she phrased it, I thought it was like a spoofy movie. I didn't realize that it was like a good. No, it's fucking amazing. Like, cult Academy Award movie. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Not only that, but there's so much on this movie. Like, people have done thesis papers and it gets broken down and it, there's a lot into it. So, what we're going to do <laughs> is because I can't stop and we want to actually give you the episode, we're going to break it up into two episodes. And this first episode, we're going to drop today and that will be the movie portion with a little bit of notes and then next episode we will do like all the research and the cool behind the scenes and the rituals and all that jazz that's how it's gonna go in my head that's how it's gonna go jazz hands those are not spirit fingers these These are these are spirit fingers we are the same person. <laughs> I love that movie. I know. We used to watch it so much, dude. Oh, man. If you don't know what that fucking movie is from, educate yourself, kids. Uh, it's Bring It On. Well, to be fair, we, awesome. we we jumped from Chicago to Bring It On. That's true. We but did yes. go from like a... <laughs> but nevertheless, Bring It On. So, Cabin in the Woods came out in 2011. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Who directed and, uh, it? I didn't... I didn't realize that it actually came out that long ago, and so that's kind of funny. Um, uh, so the director is Drew Goddard. Goddard is like a dog name. Is that just me? I think Goddard. Uh, There's a uh, a cartoon character named Goddard. Yeah. What is it? You talk. I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm gonna Google it. Okay, you Google. You Google this time. So, <laughs> Drew graduated high school in 1993. And Cabin in the Woods was his very first directing debut. So he waited a long time, but he worked on a lot of stuff. Jimmy Neutron's uh, dog is Goddard. Oh, fuck. That's right. <laughs> we watched that show. I watched that show a lot, too. I liked okay. the movie. So, I, I did like the movie. Yeah. So he ended up, he started out as a writer on season seven. <laughs> We're combining <laughs> words. We're so good. Um, on season seven of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which so, all come, it all comes back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It does. Saying. So he actually, like, I think it was one of the producers or something for Buffy 
and somebody for Angel, or he was on both. I don't know. But he was like, yo, Guy Whedon, that was his name, uh, which episode do you want him to work on? And so he had to decide, do I want him on Buffy or do I want him on Angel? And then he ended up on both eventually. But he started on Buffy. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. But unfortunately, he had to start on the last season of Buffy, which isn't... Yeah. It's not top-notch. Yeah, that was sad. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, he did a lot of episodes like Selfless, uh, which is when Anya gets back into like her vengeance after Xander calls off the wedding, which is kind of a rough episode. He does a lot of the deep episodes. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Um, Conversations with Dead People, which is where Buffy has a therapy session with a vampire who is a former classmate, and Andrew stabs Jonathan. (laughs) Another heavy episode. I hope you understand what this means, and if you don't, you should really go watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer if we haven't told you enough, because um, you should. It's just the best show in the world. That episode, um, just real quick, I loved that she was doing like these fighting sessions in between like a therapy session with that vampire because they were even like dissecting questions that I'm sure people who were watching had like how do you know how to fight and he's like I don't know I just like woke up being able to fight I guess it's a vampire thing (laughs) and like (laughs) stuff like that like it was great I loved it um they did win an award for that episode conversations Um, with dead people yeah that one um, and he was also a part of Never Leave Me, Lies My Parents Told Me, and The Dirty Girls. <laughs> Which is a lot, but like, you know. I, Buffy, go watch it. Go fucking watch it. I think we should do an episode on the best Buffy episode ever. The Hush Hush one. I oh, fucking called. A. That's like one of my favorite fucking things in the world. The Gentleman. Yes. Yeah. That's one of the most oh, top rated me. episodes i think we should yeah. do like a mini episode about that That'd be cool. that's because it's fucking good and creepy i'm totally down anytime any buffy let's fucking do you know how long it would take us to do about like a whole buffy <laughs> so i was just telling tyler the other day uh how i want to do a tv series but i've been trying to figure out how we should break it up like do we want to do like one season at a time depending on like if it's american horror story do we want to do the whole season or do we want to say hey we're watching episodes one through four talk about those and then do you know it's just a lot tv shows are a lot to take on but we will TV eventually. shows are hard yeah we're we'll gonna get, get there because there's a there's a lot of really great tv shows out there i'm gonna say we don't do scream unless it's the third season because the third season is when they get the original mask titles um Otherwise, it looks like a fucking blow-up doll that's trying to give you a head. You know what? And I'm, I hate it. <laughs> I'm pretty done with Scream, so. I mean, that's fair. We spent a lot of fucking time on Scream. So, back to Drew. They're like, I want to run away from you, but also, you look like my blow-up doll. I'm very sexually confused right now. <laughs> you see the mask, right? No, I haven't. It, it was fucking terrible, dude. Oh, it made me so mad. Because they didn't have the rights to the mask, like the original mask when it first started. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it does matter. It this does. Is it the, does. It, it, this is what this podcast is built on. Tangents. Well, I'm like, I I have Ghostface tattooed on my arm. He's on, And I'm getting a second one because technically there's two killers in the original. We talked about this forever ago. Um, but the mask, it's so fucking dumb because literally it's like... 
<laughs> and it's just like a whole amount. It, oh, it's so angering. And they didn't get the rights to the mask until the third season. So finally, in the third season, they bring in the actual ghost face mask, which I was totally stoked about. But also the acting is atrocious in that show. Well, yeah. Yeah. So. But we Drew. did a, uh, but sorry, I'm going to go on another little side quest here. <laughs> cool. We're good at this. We're like a D&D episode where it's just <laughs> like, you have your main goal and then there's all these we little do all side, the side quests. quests first. <laughs> we do every single one of them and there's never any loot at the end. But anyways. Yeah, we're fucking real. Uh, so. I did a Halloween shoot this last weekend, oh, and our theme for the shoot was uh, Scooby-Doo, and the guy oh, yeah. that we got to do Shaggy looks so much like Matthew Lillard. Like, not like, he doesn't, like, look I'm like so him. I'm in love with him. But he um, just embodied his version of Shaggy so well, and it was awesome. Well, I mean, Matthew Lillard fucking blew Shaggy out of the water. Like he was—he is literally the perfect Shaggy. Exactly. No, and this guy no did. Argument. This guy did the like the facial expressions just like Matthew Lillard did. It was so good. If I when those photos so, are released, I'll tag him. I think he is on Instagram. He does cosplay and stuff. But yeah, cool. I'm so bummed for Comic Con. I'm going. I'm going to be out of town when Comic Con happens here. The the Fanex, and. All of, like, the cast of Scream is coming. So fucking Skeet Ulrich. You got fucking Matthew Lillard. And so Shel- my girl Shelby's going to go for me and ask him if they will sign an autograph. And then if they give us permission to get those autographs tattooed. Because I would love to have both my ghost faces tattooed with their autograph. Uh, they need to be on our podcast, first of all. But anyways. I uh, what I would give to talk to that man. The... Both of them. Oh, God. There's a comic-con here in two weeks called galaxy con brendan fraser is gonna be there so. oh you motherfucker oh so i, I need that. everyone to venmo me 90 dollars so that <laughs> i can take a picture with him how much is it to get a picture with him 90 dollars. <laughs> oh that's that's nothing dude for fucking like for fucking people like a um Oh yeah, like William uh, Shatner is gonna be there. His is like 150 or something. Yeah, dude. We had Tom but... Holland, and his was like 350. And oh then yeah, we had, those people like Marvel people, Mark I'm Hamill. sure, are yeah. ridiculous. Mark Hamill was outrageous. Um, Listen, if you want my I... autograph, I will give it to you for ten dollars. So Holly Marie <laughs> Combs, Holly Marie Combs, and Leo came to fucking Fan X one year. And it was one of the years that I got to go. And so I saw him from afar, but I didn't have enough money to, like, meet them because a signature was, like, 50 bucks alone. But anyways, we haven't even started this episode. Okay. Back to Drew. (laughs) We're so good. Yeah, and then he Um, went on and wrote for the last season of Angel. He kind of got shafted on both those shows because the episodes he did were really good. So I'm like, wow, if you had been able to, like, be there when they were at their prime game, I'm sure he would have put some good stuff in there. He also did Lost. Could you imagine if he did um, the episode where Buffy's mom dies? That one was pretty good already. It was. It fucking killed me. Oh my god, that sh- that episode killed me. Spoiler alert, but it's been like 20 years since that show came out, so. Or does she? Da-da-da! Oh, you'll never know! <laughs> uh, he so worked he, uh, on yeah. Lost. He won more awards and nominations for that. He did World War Z, The Martian, which was another one he got awards and nominations for, the Daredevil TV series, and Atheist. 
he's got a lot of like random feet in different things going on. Yeah, he has toes. A, that's what it's a lot of different things. A lot of random feet, and each toe of every feet is in a different. It's in thing. something else, yeah. and it's winning awards. Yeah, I was gonna say he has a total of eighteen wins and fifty-four nominations. Um, and this film alone, Cabin in the Woods, which is amazing for a horror movie. Had 20 wins and 34 nominations for awards. Yeah, and it wasn't just for like, oh, this one character did really well. Like in some of the other ones. No, it was, it was a movie. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. His co-writer was none other than Joss Whedon. Gross. <laughs> and uh, because of Joss Whedon being a part of this... And because they both worked on Buffy and Angel, uh, you, there's actually quite a few like familiar faces from those shows in this movie. And as everyone knows, we do love people who work together multiple times. So that was fun yeah. to see. We've already talked about Joss Whedon in a, a different episode, but just some things I didn't know that he was associated with include writing for the original Toy Story. I had no idea. He hmm. did Alien Resurrection and Disney's Atlantis. I fucking love Atlantis. That movie's so good. Right? If I could do a Kira cosplay. Oh, God. Right? I used to have, like, an action figure, and then I used to have the crystal necklace when I was I little. remember that. I was so jealous. I think <laughs> I tried to steal it a couple times. Or, like, I thought about it. I didn't try, but I thought about stealing right. it. Well, and I would have gotten it back, like, the next day, considering we were near inseparable back in the day. Yeah, it would have just been, like, some Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants shit. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he also directed two episodes. we did when we were little. <laughs> He also directed two episodes of The Office. Oh, all right. Um, it is also worth noting that the special effects guy, David Leroy Anderson, also got nominations and awards for this movie. As he, he should. Yeah. Did you know his name before I just said it? Like, if I said his name previously, would you be like, oh, yeah, he's connected with this, that, and the other? David Leroy Anderson? Yeah. Like, I don't know how oh, much yeah. you know. Okay. I I would know, I don't know a lot about him, but I know that he's done a shit ton of horror movies. He's a wonderful special effects guy. Um, he's done American Horror Story, Scream Queens, boom, the twenty sixteen Exorcist. I haven't Liz seen that. Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Those are good. Uh, the Cirque du Freak Vampire's Assistant. I don't know if you remember going I to that. Love those movies. I love that movie. I love those books, dude. Those books are so fucking good. I didn't read the I books. I still have them. But I remember going to the movie with you, and I was so oh, yeah. excited. I loved that movie. I think it's, I still to this day, I think it is so good. I do too. Uh, he did Dawn of the Dead. He was on the first Men in Black, Vampire in Brooklyn, oh, yeah. Death Becomes Her. I haven't seen the remake, but I loved the original. Mm -hmm. um, and Pet Cemetery. I remember watching that. You and Lauren fell asleep, and I watched the whole thing by myself, and I got fucking scared by the fucking sister because she's the creepiest part of that whole movie. <laughs> In Pet Cemetery, um, yeah, the the mom has a sister that died because she fell down a shaft because she had scoliosis and she couldn't move in her house, in her bed. And then there's like a dream that she has where she like calls for Rachel and then like turns really fast. It's like it's always freaked me out. I do not remember um, that in Pet Cemetery. Well, you should look up the scene because it's fucking gross. <laughs> All I remember, honestly, is where he's like. The little boy. Yeah, you played with mommy I, and you played with daddy. And I, I want to play with you. Yeah. 
it's uh, it's I played with mommy. I played with it was their neighbor's name that I don't remember. Herman Munster is the person. Uh, he was the actor for Herman Munster. Um, and then he goes, and I want to play with you because he's talking to his dad on the phone. We are on some we know shit today. Horror movies. <laughs> we just have a lot of stories today. Yeah. Uh, he also worked on the art department for Edward Scissors hands. Ed- Edward Scissors hands. Yep, there's two scissors and two hands. Yep. so it worked exactly. And the '87 film Monster Squad. He was also additional crew for the first Alien. <laughs> I like it. You spelled Alien. I spelled it like it sounds. Right. <clears throat> That's fair. So the movie. Now that we finally got the shit. It only took us half an hour. It's fine. The movie, the opening credits show very crude, uh, like wall drawings of blood sacrifices throughout history by various different cultures. I think um, that we will try and do a thirty minute on the history of human sacrifices for this film. I still owe you a parapsychology one. I know we'll do it, uh, but I think that will be the other one that we do. And then the film introduces two company men, Sitterson and Hadley. Yeah, these guys are... <laughs> I got so confused seeing this for the first time. I was like, am I in the right movie? Like, this is weird. Um, but Sitterson is played by Richard Jenkins, who is probably, like, most notable to our generation for being the father and stepbrothers. <laughs> um, which I fucking love that movie. Who doesn't? He... I know. He's also geared up to play Lionel Dahmer in the soon-to-be-released miniseries Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Uh, he's also in Nightmare Alley, The Shake of Water, White House Down. White House Down? Yeah, he's... Oh, oh, okay. I know that movie now. I was like, that... Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Jack Reacher, Let Me In, Fun with Dick and Jane, which is fucking hilarious. He's in a lot of movies, and he has acclaimed... Uh, accum- Accumulated... Thanks. I really am so good at this. Good um, for you. He's got 15 wins and 62 nominations of awards, so he's well known. Um, Hadley is played by Bradley Whitford, who is most memorable, I think, in like Billy Madison because he's the he's like the asshole of Billy Madison. <laughs> Literally, every time I dust, I think of when he's learning Spanish and like cleaning the marble butt cheek. No. <laughs> that's just I in my head I picture that. It's just like imprinted there. Yep, it's there. He's also been in the Hands Made Tale, Godzilla King of Monsters, Get Out. Yeah, he's the father in Get Out, that's right. Um, and he's got five wins and forty one nominations. They get uh soon enough they get joined by Chemist Lin, who is concerned that other experiments have failed, leaving only the US and Japan to to keep going and do whatever it is that they're fucking doing. It's all a mystery um, at the beginning. They're just like, yeah, good luck. Yeah, they come in with like all of this like random shit, and you're like, what the fuck? Okay. Um, the two men end up cracking some jokes about how they hadn't uh, had any mishaps since 1998, and when the chem department messed things up in the experiment, causing it to fail. So he basically blamed them for doing it. Uh, the details of the experiment are kept really vague at the start, so you don't know anything. And Lynn, the chemist, is played by Amy Acker, who is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I, and probably you know her from Angel, the TV series. Yep. She is the physicist Winifred, who eventually turns into Illyria. And it's like one of my favorite death scenes in those seasons. Mm. Um, is Fair. Where, 
it's just so sad it's so heartbreaking uh also spoiler alert that happens or does it (laughs) you'll never know Uh, but she is also in another joss whedon tv series called dollhouse with eliza dushku who was i fucking love her so much have you seen that i remember i haven't it's so good you should watch it it's only three seasons i think um it's so good uh but she also did alias and Mm -hmm. a bunch of other tv shows in like minor roles but yeah Yeah. apparently she's like a joss whedon favorite or something yeah um back in the day when izzy and i would pretend to be characters from tv shows she was always buffy and i was always faith or willow willow willer (laughs) well i think we would fight over willow so we would have to just not have anyone play willow (laughs) that's that's true because willow is such a badass um anyway so it jumps it randomly after that jumps to our five bright and shiny hopeful college kids headed to cabin in the woods because they're taking spring break or something like that uh, the cabin belongs to uh, the cousin of one of them, and it turns out that they're being watched by some secret agent who works for the company and is uh, has been keeping tabs on them. Uh, the artist of the group is Dana Polk, played by Kristen Connolly, uh, probably most recently in the C- uh, series Evil and Deep Water. Uh, I didn't recognize her when I first saw this movie back in 2011, so she was kind of like new to me. <laughs> But she was cool. I haven't seen the TV series Evil. Um, again, yeah, it's I, on my I, list. But I watched the first season, but I haven't continued since then when it moved over to HBO. Uh, or Paramount, wherever the fuck it is. <laughs> not anywhere that we probably pay for. The wild friend is Jules Loudon, who is played by Anna Hutchinson, who was born in New Zealand. Fun fact, she She's was in pretty. the Disney movie Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior and Power Rangers Jungle Fever as the Yellow Ranger. That's awesome. She <laughs> can do karate, kung fu, martial arts stuff, so that's cool. Um, that's really cool. Connor went through a Power Ranger phase, so we watched almost all of the like Power Rangers. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's why she looks so familiar. I uh, get it now. There's a part in there at the beginning where she is talking to her boyfriend and mm-hmm. he's like, who gave you these? Who taught you about these? <laughs> and they're talking about physics books or economics, yeah. economics textbooks. Yeah. And she's like, I learned it from you. I learned it from watching you. And she like runs off. And so this scene is apparently a reference to a large scale United States anti-narcotics campaign by Partnership for a Drug-Free America. It was launched in July 1987. Apparently, the commercials for this were just so ridiculous that everyone made fun of them. And the tagline, I learned it from you, or like I learned it from watching you, became pretty notorious. So I Googled it. That's how I figured it out. I was like, that has to be a reference to something. Because side note, everything in this movie is a reference to something. Yeah. which we'll go more in detail in in the second part of this. But uh, you can watch the ads on YouTube and they're funny. Like she said, Jules has a boyfriend. He's this smart athletic hunk uh, who plays football for the the, the, high, the college, high school, the college. <laughs> um, his name is Kurt and he is played by none other than Chris Hemsworth. Of course, it has to be some bulky ass, handsome looking fucker. <laughs> 
And if you don't know um, who that is, that's Thor. Yeah. Yeah. It's Thor, the King of Thunder. The King of Thunder. Oh, my fucking God. Take a It's been a day, you guys. <laughs> it's been a day. So, he is obviously the uh, sibling of Luke and Liam Hemsworth. What you may not know is that the first movie you probably ever saw him in was in 2009 Star Trek with Chris Pine, where he played Kirk's father that heroically sacrifices himself at the beginning. I feel like that's not the first place I saw him, though. That's the first movie he's referenced, or that's dated for oh. him on IMDb. Um, he oh. may have been in smaller stuff, but it's not on his IMDb. That's fair. Um, but well, I, I, I love that movie. I so. also really liked him in the all-female Ghostbusters movie. He did such a good job. I loved it. I really like him in the remake of Red Dawn with Josh Peck. Josh Peck was the one that surprised me in that movie. He did a really good yeah, job. Yeah, he looked... Yeah, he did great. Uh, but okay, the so, attractive yeah. and intelligent mystery gentleman is Holden, played by Jesse Williams. I think it's Jesse. It might just be Jess. I don't know. But I'm going to go with Jesse. Also, I'm pretty sure I, it's Jesse. Side note, I'm pretty sure in our Scream episode, we pronounced Neve Campbell, but it's Nev Campbell. Or maybe in, my, in my head, I pronounced it Neve uh, we probably did Neve. I'm pretty sure I said Neve. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did too, but it's Nev. Sorry, y'all. Correction there. Yep. We still love her. She's fucking amazing. Uh, anyways. But anyways, he's most well known for Grey's Anatomy as Dr. Jackson Avery. This is like the first time I ever saw that guy because I'm not a Grey's Anatomy person. So like, I don't remember seeing this guy at all ever before then. This what movie. I did not know was that in addition to Grey's Anatomy they did like a spin-off miniseries that was about the hospital that they absorb which is what he's in so I didn't know that that was kind of cool I'm a Grey's Anatomy person I used to be a Grey's Anatomy person but don't get me started on that but anyways uh he is uh oh sorry before he started acting he was a high school teacher mm. and I can only imagine all them high school kids when he walked in their hearts were like pitter patter pitter patter hormones spilling yeah uh, i think he was more yeah. like a substitute teacher than like a can you imagine team. can you imagine like seeing him in theaters and being like hey that was my teacher <laughs> we're like um mrs wadium is that you the hell if you went to mrs. school Wade. in utah you know mrs wadium yeah, you you'll remember her name because it rhymes up. with stadium. Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that woman. Okay. So my favorite character, my all-time fucking favorite character, and can I just say this movie does it proper where they give credit to the fucking stoner. The bum out, the stoner, the man himself, Marty McCluskey. He's played by Franz, Fran Kranz. Can you imagine having that name? Fran Kranz. I'm just saying, all these... Ca- all these actors change their names. I'm like, I know you might have considered that. <laughs> um, he started acting in the fourth grade when he was super young, and he has 20 wins and 30 nominations, which includes two winning awards for Best Supporting Actor for his role in this film. Um, the majority of his awards are also for the 2021 film Mass, which is his first and only directing and writing credit. So he kind of went from acting to that, but uh, he's he's a- got a... Apparently, he, like, nailed it for his first one. Yeah. 
yeah, he did fucking great. Um, he started with a role in Frasier, and then he was in Donnie Darko, and eventually he made it into Joss Whedon's TV show Dollhouse, uh, which we uh, obviously mentioned earlier. But he's my all-time favorite. He he was immediately my favorite character because <laughs> he comes his his enter his entrance is the best thing. He comes rolling up, driving in his car, and he's smoking a fucking bong, and it's like a coffee. It's like a travel coffee mug. <laughs> And then it like collapses, and he makes a joke about bringing weed into the van. It's really funny. I love <laughs> this, him. This movie's good. It's um, they like have the stereotypes, but they're not. They try and like subvert, I guess is the word. These stereotypes. Yeah. So like the jock, he's actually super smart and yeah, intelligent. Yeah, he's, in, he's, he's a psychology major, and then Jess is a or not Jess, uh, his girlfriend, uh, the 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 pretty blonde one the the spunky one she is a pre-med student yeah and they oh. um, so they like try to show all that kind of stuff yeah, so they're smart but they still have like the stereotypes some of the um, the pretty background magic of this movie yeah uh, the gang eventually stops at a, a gas station where they meet this super creepy guy who gives them directions to the cabin of like on Tilliman Road <laughs> and it's so it's so weird but it, uh, it turns out that he's actually working for the company in, like, a helpful kind of way, doing the experiment, which is the company doing the experiment, where uh, they end up calling him the Harbinger, right? Um, but his character's name is Mordecai. Go figure. Go fucking figure. <laughs> right? That's, that's what, the only reason. They don't actually call him Mordecai at all. Um, but I no. saw that, and I was like, I have to include that detail. Yeah, it needs to be known. Uh, according to Google, the harbinger means a person or thing that announces or signals the approach of another, which is exactly what this guy does. He announces to the company that they are there, that they are headed there. He warns them that there is something nefarious going on at that cabin and they choose to continue going there anyways, because who would believe a crazy guy like that? It's very, it's like a can Hills I, Have Eyes gas station. Yeah, no, no, totally. Uh, can I just say I love Marty's, like, response to him being, like, a racist asshole kind of thing. And he's like, I hear the trains rolling through here anytime, <laughs> fucker. <laughs> my favorite. like, my favorite line of that movie. When the Harbinger calls the company oh. and they're, like, making fun of him. And he's like, wait, yeah. am, am, he's I like, am I on speakerphone? Am I on speakerphone? That's he's so like, rude. He's like, no, no. Uh there is Anyways. so i was trying to figure I, in my head i felt like there was like a very prominent harbinger related thing in religion or something i couldn't figure it out so this is what i found uh there is a oh. harbinger in the halo game story who was a okay. female zalanin whatever the hell that is who was active in the year 2560 during the battle for zeta halo Somebody out there understood that whole sentence. I was gonna say, <laughs> wasn't I, me. <laughs> I, no, no. That went she seems like right a cool character. Uh, a documentary film released this year called "The Harbingers of Things to Come" by Jonathan Kahn. Uh, this is the description for it. It is possible that no, what happened. Oh, sorry. You right. <laughs> is it possible that what has happened? to the United States and the world from COVID-19 to 9-11 are part of an ancient mystery, question mark? Is it a warning, bigger, question mark? Does the mystery tell us what is yet to come? There's a lot of question marks. Do we have the key to uncover it? New York Times bestselling author Jonathan 
Khan takes audiences on an epic journey from an island off of Massachusetts Bay to the Supreme Court from Ground Zero through the New York Harbor, blah, blah, blah. Something about the ancient signs that warn of impending calamity. The mystery that goes back to the prophet Jeremiah that pinpointed 2020 as the year a plague would come to America. The harbingers that appeared in the last days of an ancient nation that have now appeared on American soil. What all these things reveal, blah, blah, blah. So he's like a religious guy who is also a historian. So it seems kind of interesting. Although sometimes when people are like religion and history, I get a little... It gets a little out of hand. I, yeah. I'm a skeptic. <laughs> but. Yeah. Ghosts and shit, totally there. Religion. 100%. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that supernatural shit, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but according um, to Miriam Webster. Oh, wait. Back up. Sorry. There's also a harbinger easy. in the DC Comics and a video game called Genshin Impact, which has a bunch of harbinger related characters. Uh, okay. There's like 11 of them, I guess. I don't know. When I heard Google Tarbinger, that's what popped up. <laughs> and according to MiriamWebster.com, when medieval travelers needed lodging for the night, they went looking for a harbinger. As long ago as the 12th century, harbinger was used to mean one who provides lodging or a host. Later <laughs> on, the word harbinger was also being used for a person sent ahead of a main party to seek lodgings often for royalty or a campaigning group, which makes sense because they would run ahead, come back and tell them, hey, this is what's coming up. So, hmm. yeah. And then we, you know, tweaked it and made it dark and twisty because that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, there's so a... His... Go ahead. You got it. Okay. There's a quote that he starts like spitting out all this religious stuff. Yeah, he's... This guy's super creepy. <laughs> And one of the quotes that he says is, The lambs have passed through the gate. They have passed to the killing floor. Their blind eyes see nothing of the horror to come. I love how the people in the company are just like, blah, 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 making fun of them. But anyways. Them. Um, so I googled that specifically. And this, I think, is meant to reference a bli- 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 a biblical... A, a bi- biblical. Biblical. <laughs> text. Biblical. Biblical. <laughs> Connor calls pretzels pretzels, like he adds an N in there, and he just cannot drop it. And that's me with this hey, out right now. Blublical. I used to call spaghetti paschetti, so... Uh, that's normal. That cool. Everyone does that. But, um, anyways, it's in John 10, something about the Bible. It is about the story of something called the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem. And I guess there's this, like, famous sermon that somebody did by John Davies, and he says that the Sheep Gate was built by Elizib the high priest somebody out there knows who that is we're and gonna get yelled at for <laughs> brothers during the reconstruction of Jer- no one will be like you said nev's name wrong but they'll be like that this religious shit yeah this bc name yeah all right anyways I'm going to skip those names. They built something outside of Jerusalem. It was the first gate that they built. It was designed for animals to be brought through it from the countryside for sacrifice. Uh, Once inside the city and within the temple courts, there was only one door where the sheep went in and no lamb ever came back out after entering the temple, which is what Mm. the harbinger was telling these kids, like people who go to the cabin, they never leave. They're fucked. They- These guys guys are dead. (laughs) Uh, the sermon goes on to say that the sheep traveled in only one direction 
and there they were sacrificed for the sin of men and women. Also, basically what happens here, spoiler alert, because we haven't said that yet. Uh, they also say the Sheep Gate was the place where those people who, who society didn't want were abandoned. So people who had like diseases that were incurable, paralyzed, people who were lame, people who just couldn't help society anymore. They would just like leave them at the entrance of the Sheep Gate. And Lovely. Yeah. But yeah, that was basically it. Uh, the Sheep Gate was the place of no return for the abandoned people of Jerusalem. So they were victims of a sacrificial regime is what he says for the respectable people of that society to stay respectable they had to find a way to deal with their transgressions atone for their sins the way they found was to make sacrifices of animals on the altar to a god who would accept their payment and forgive them that is summing up this whole movie just so everyone knows yeah but that's what i found go forth so <laughs> the kids find the cabin and the first thing they happen upon is two it's like a two-way mirror hidden behind some creepy ass painting and uh apparently this painting was created special like specifically for this film so the brevity for brevity's sake uh we'll go ahead and reveal that the experiment and and whatnot although the movie continues at a much slower rate so here's a simple um rundown <laughs> basically so the company selects and and manipulates five people into the cabin in order to, or for them to be killed as a sacrifice to ancient gods. In order to do this, they manipulate the entire scenario. So they have an invisible shield around the cabin to isolate them. Whether the temp, um, they have weather and temperature control, the ability to gas and medicate them. Um, they argue, however, that the sacrifices must choose to be sacrifice sacrifices in order for the sacrifice to work. Um, all they really choose, though, is how they die, even though they don't know that that's what they're choosing. Uh, it's kind of like Hunger Games style, but uh, you're choosing your supernatural uh, death choice, I guess. Um, so Basically. ways that they were, ways that they were like bring these kids is like uh, one of the girls dyes her hair blonde, and so they put chemicals in her in her hair dye. They're supposed to have train or tainted their the weed that. Uh, Marty was smoking, but he was the fucking savior of the day. Thank God. <laughs> saying. Um, so, yeah, that's the rundown. Um, how do you think the uh, the company ended up like, getting their, like, workers? <laughs> so, yeah, the thing I hate about this movie, I hate it, but I also love it. Like, I respect it. They don't answer any mm -hmm. questions. Like, they're just like, no. yo, these gods we are work here. here. Yeah, we're doing the sacrifice. We they, exist. These people work here. They know what the fuck they're doing. But it's really fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, they don't explain, like, if they are humans or, um, like, if they're other beings. And if they are humans, are they specially selected or do they apply? And then they're, like, they, like, apply for a job that's very generic. And then when they get there, they're, like, yo, by the way, we sacrifice people. And they're, like... And you can never leave. <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, yeah, okay. Um, like, I don't know. It's so weird. And then... Like, does time work differently down there? Because they talk about stuff that happened millennia ago, like it, like they were there for it. So it's just, it's, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. It's who it's knows? weird. It's it's super weird. But Not us. We don't know. No. What we do know are there are multiple companies around the world doing the exact same thing in order to appease the gods. Um, kind of a, a fail safe in case the experiment fails in one of the countries, which appears to happen 
often uh, as it is currently up to Japan and you and the US in this movie to uh, save the fucking world. <laughs> For example, it gives little burbs um blurbs burbs. <laughs> it gives little blurbs of what is happening in in like the Japan scenario where a ghost spirit is haunting a classroom of elementary age girls. <laughs> to to lighten the doom and gloom of all their murders and this bullshit and their sacrifices, the company bets on how these kids will die and what they choose uh, as, like, their killer kind of thing. And this is when they introduce Ronald the Intern, who plays Andrew <laughs> in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, another yeah. Joss Sweeted throwback. Um, his name is Tom Luck in real life, but, yeah, he's just, he's just, like, there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, uh... I, I wish I knew, and maybe we'll get to this. I, I haven't read this part. Um, I wish I knew what he writes on the sign when everything's going down at the end. It's in there. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I've always wanted to know because I tried pausing it so many times and I could never It's very see it. blurry, so. It's so hard. Anyways, we'll get to that later. Um, in the cellar or basement of the cabin is a, is a, like, a huge room of just random artifacts. Um, kind of like the Warren Museum. Just random things that are down there. Uh, whichever all artifact... Of, all of them are connected to something evil. Yeah, they all have some supernatural connections. So whichever artifact is interacted with first um, by those in the cabin, it triggers the supernatural way in which they're going to be killed. Or um, so the company hopes. Yeah, they hope that somebody's not dumb and, or not smart enough to be like, nope, we shouldn't touch these. <laughs> um it has happened where people survive, but they don't go into details about that. Um, like whether they're allowed to leave, get mind wiped, or if it's, or they just kill them uh, to keep them quiet from the, about the cabin. Or maybe it's, um, what was his fucking name? The creepy guy. The maybe that's one of the survivors. Yeah, the harbinger. Maybe that's one of the survivors. And he's oh. like, well, fuck it. I'll just help these guys. Yeah, maybe they just convince them that their sacrifice could have been worth something and they like employ them or something that's a good idea just a thought i don't know uh so the Um, options for voting and which department voted for them uh they have like a big whiteboard in the background yeah when uh when I watched this, I was with my friends and Andy, and so we paused it just going through all of the names and some of the shit that it's there is like, wait, what? Really? <laughs> so, uh, werewolf, obviously. You can't obviously. not have a werewolf. They were yeah. voted for by finance. There's an alien beast. Noted I spelled it correctly that time. Uh, Good job. Biomed voted for them. Uh, the demolition department chose mutants. Wraiths were on the list, but not chosen. The chemistry department mm. chose zombies. Uh, there's also a beast called Reptilius, was not voted for. The electrical department chose clowns. Creepy. Yeah. Um, operations chose witches. I would be interested to see like what their version of but, a witch was. Well, yeah, especially because underneath it, um, they're sexy witches. <laughs> exactly. So, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, maybe sexy maybe witches. Like a, maybe it's a domination. <laughs> maybe sexy witches is like uh, like the craft witches, and then witches oh. in general is just like are like the the nose wart. Yeah, or like something. or like a, <laughs> oh, I, hocus pocus, <laughs> like those three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and then there's wow. demons, a hell lord, which Sitterson voted for. 
that would be a fun one to see i'm sure that'd be, yeah that'd be interesting um, i wonder if it'd be like legend or something angry molesting tree was voted okay for. so i i looked into that because we were all like what the fuck is an angry molesting we're gonna tree? talk about it later so don't talk about it yet you got it but yes i, I was super intrigued I, too so yeah i got really weird and then what it ends up being i'm like oh i okay i know i love that shit okay yeah <laughs> like keep in mind shit. like as we read this list, everything is a reference. So to something else, yeah. We'll go through the references we can find later. Yeah. Uh, Internal logistics votes for a giant snake, which like fuck. Yeah. Up. If I saw that, nope. Yeah, uh, and it's like a cobra. <laughs> the story department, which is funny that they have like a story department that like pre-plans yeah. all this stuff, uh, chose deadites which are based on the creatures of the same name from Evil Dead. Exactly, which is so exciting. I loved seeing that on there. I haven't seen it. I don't know what Deadites are. Motherfucker! (laughs) Uh, There's Kevin. Um, I want to know what that is. Funny story. A couple weeks ago, I saw a post, and it was like the top 10 causes of death in the United States or something, and one of them was Kevin. And I thought that was funny. But now I'm like, what are they referencing? Because now it's in is this it movie. Is it the robot? I wonder if it's the robot. That's what I always thought. I thought it was like the the Saw robot. You, That's what I think that I'll is. I'll keep reading this list. You look it up. Because I personally haven't found an answer for this yet. I was going to look up for the next episode. But look it up because I'm intrigued. Especially because I saw that as a as like a actual thing somewhere. Um, the psychology department voted for a mummy. Digital analysis department chose the bride. Uh, mm. Data Archives chose the Scarecrow Folk, which is said to be included because Drew was afraid of them as a kid. The director, Drew. Communications chose Snowman. There's a Dragon Bat no one voted for. Distribution chose <laughs> Vampires. Uh, Dismemberment Goblins were not voted for. Sugar Plum Fairy, not voted for. Merman... <laughs> Hadley apparently has a thing with the merman. Uh, the administration department chose the reanimated, so I'm not sure how that differs from a zombie. Engineering chose a unicorn. You heard it. R plus D was written. I don't know what that is, uh, but they chose the Huron. There was also a Sasquatch slash Windigo slash Yeti. The kitchen staff. I want to know why all those are con- connected. <laughs> Maybe they just like don't know what it like what it is like sasquatch and yeti i could understand but wendigo is a whole different thing it depends on which version of a wendigo so i guess that's fair uh the kitchen staff voted for dolls accounting voted for the doctors maintenance and ronald the intern voted for the zombie redneck torture family buckners Mm -hmm. Uh, apparently maintenance always votes for that (laughs) Security voted for the jack-o'-lantern. Zoology department voted for the giant. And then there's one that no one voted for, which is twins. I know what the twins are from. Anyways. Uh, is it uh, the movie with Jack Nicholson? Yeah, The Shining. Yeah, there you go. You see him in one of the cubes, too. Uh, the other countries revealed to be involved are Stockholm, Sweden. There's a clip of the Stockholm branch seen on the monitors. It is actually featuring a burning structure and is from the ending scene of the 1997 disaster film Dante's Peak. So that was pretty cool of them to do. Uh, Kyoto, Japan gets, that's the place where the, the uh, classroom full of little girls. Germany 
Berlin. Um, I'm sure that scene is also a reference to something, but I don't know what because I haven't looked yet. Rangoon, Burma. Honestly, I had to Google where Rangoon was because I did not know that it was in Sounds Burma. like Ragoon. Yeah, right? Sounds like a food, like a crab ragoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you can see a scene of that failed experiment on the monitors, and it is featuring a damaged tropical countryside being surveyed by a military force. That is footage from Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. It's specifically the scene where the military discover evidence of the monster's presence in Panama. Hmm, There's interesting. also Buenos Aires, Argentina, and Madrid, Spain. Lovely. So to summarize all of this part, um, a, a large ritual is happening to prevent the Ancient Ones from being risen and bringing the apocalypse and ending the world. <laughs> no big deal. In order for this... Yeah, it's fine. Uh, in order for this ritual to work, the kids have to meet certain criteria and be killed in a very spe- uh, like special, specific order. Jules is labeled as the whore. Unfortunately. Kurt is like... Yeah. Kurt is labeled as the athlete, obviously. Uh, Dana is the virgin, and they even address that she's like not a virgin, and she and they're like, we do what we can. <laughs> we work with what we've got. <laughs> yeah, uh, Marty is the fool, of course, and then Holden is the scholar. Uh, so as each of these kids are killed, the company releases some random blood into the chamber for the gods. Which um, raised a lot of questions for me. Like, whose blood gets dumped? Because it's not theirs. And no. how would the gods know if it got released without actually someone dying, if they're still getting blood regardless? Uh, like, these are just so many questions that I have that they don't answer. Yep. Yeah. So after voting, the company triggers the uh, cellar to open, where all the kids wander down into it. Each one begins fidgeting with something until Jules ends up reading aloud from a diary, despite being told not to by Marty, the fool, who turns out to be the only sane one and the smartest of the group because he's a fucking stoner and I love it. I It's not because he's the stoner. Actually, it is kind of because he's the stoner that he's the smartest one. But I love that it gives props to the stoner because you never get that. You always get like see the stoner being like one of the first to die or being like the super dumb one. And he's fucking smart and is the savior i love him yeah they like i said they did a lot of work to like show a different side of horror films they make yeah it's really cool other horror films uh so yeah. jules reads from the diary of anna patience buckner no, not jules not jules um sorry uh, dana. dana reads aloud yeah. from the diary of anna patience buckner good catch so mm-hmm. uh she reads it but i'm gonna read it really quick uh in 1903 is when she reads it from today we felled the old birch tree out back i was sorrowed to see it go as judah and i had sat up in the branches so many summers father was cross with me and said i lacked true faith he did not give me my dose as he turned his eyes upon me at supper lord knows what that means i wish mm-hmm. i could prove my devotion as judah and matthew proved on those travelers mama screamed most of the night i prayed that she might find faith but she only stopped when papa cut her belly and stuffed the coals in so dark and fucked up Judah told me in my dream that Matthew took him to the dark room, so I know he is killed. Matthew's faith is too great. Even father does not cross him or speak of Judah. I want to understand the glory of the pain like Matthew, but cutting the flesh makes him have a husband's bulge, and I do not get like that. I think (laughs) we should sell boxers 
that say husband bulge. Husband's bulge. <laughs> we have so many like shirt and like boxer fucking ideas. I love that. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, and she said, I just, um, I have found it in daddy's oldest books that I will burn before I go is the way of the family for no one truly dies who understands the great pain. I can hear Matthew in the dark room working upon father's jaw. <laughs> My good arm is hacked up and eaten. So I hope this will be readable. That is a believer will come and speak this to our spirits. Then we will be restored. Our love will be unending and the great pain will return. So basically, it's a family of like isolated hillbillies and the father is fucked up and passed those beliefs to his children and they torture and murder not only strangers, but each other. And Matthew yeah. is apparently the worst and just kills everyone in the family. <laughs> Except for dad who uh, kills mom. But. Right. Yeah. There's a little Latin thing she reads that says dolor super vivo caro. And apparently it means pain outlives the flesh. Um, which is what Holden thinks. Great. Now we're fucked. You're going to. You just read Latin out loud. Never read the Latin out loud. You'll learn from evil dead. You, you don't I, know evil dead. You need to watch evil dead. I pronounced it incorrectly. It's okay. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, it could also mean pain sublimes, elevates, or transforms the flesh. And or pain ignites, fires the soul, spirit, or mind. Mm. So, which makes sense because they're all like, pain is great and God and blah. So, uh, these five come back in zombie form when she reads mm -hmm. that aloud. And the family includes patients. Uh, her weapon of choice is a hatchet. You know who she is because she's missing an arm, uh, yep. which her family cut off an ape. So cool. Mm -hmm. There's Mother Buckner. Her weapon is a broken saw, which she uses to cut off her victims' heads. In the DVD mm -hmm. special features, it says you can still see the burning hot coals that got stuffed in her abdomen. Um, as oh, her character. I didn't notice it, but I wasn't looking at it, so. Yeah. Judah is the middle child. His weapon of choice is one half of a broken set of shears. Marty calls it a trowel. I don't know what the difference is. Matthew, uh, the big giant one, his weapon of choice is a bear claw trap with only half of the teeth, which was so cool. I loved that. Yeah. The way he used it was amazing. Yeah. And then Father Buckner, his weapon of choice is a hay hook. That sounds like he said something really funny. Hay hook. <laughs> hay hook. Sounds like it should be something different, like a whole word. Hey um, hook. How's it hanging? <laughs> so so this means that maintenance and Ronald, the intern, ended up winning the bet. And they are all excited because apparently they never fail to murder anyone. So these Buckners are like top-notch killers of killers. Uh, they have 100% batting average. Uh, the amulet that Jules plays with uh, in the basement is believed to be the trigger for the werewolf, uh, which makes sense because she was just making out with the wolf head on the wall because she was dared to while they're playing through the dare. <laughs> I like how Marty calls it a moose, and they're like, "What the uh, yeah. fuck?" <laughs> he like looks so confused I, too when they're like, "It's he's a like, wolf." I dare you to make out with that moose, and they're like, "Marty, have you ever seen a woo like a moose a moose before?" And a he's moose? Like, whatever. <laughs> have that you ever seen a moose? <laughs> Um, he, he's like well whatever that mythical creature is on the wall <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny um, 
So, because of the order that uh, the ritual has to go to, the family starts off with Jules, the whore. She's the first to die by ritual requirements. Um, next is supposed to be the fool, uh, who is Marty, and he's reading Little Nemo, or yeah, Little Nemo, until he hears like a woman's voice saying, "Go for a walk," and he and it like freaks him out, and he's like, "I know somebody's whispering to me." Um, and he already sp- like suspects that something is like nefarious and like going on and something's all fucked up. He's like, but, no one you know, tells he's... me what to do, but I'm gonna go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is just the company ma- uh, manipulating him to go outside where the zombies are, using that as suggestion. Um, so you know, Little Nemo, the book he was reading, it's actually a comic book series which was created. Um, I think this specific version that he was reading was from 1905 to 1914 by Windsor McKay. And it covers six-year-old Nemo, who is Latin for no one, falls asleep in his bed and is transported to the fantastical slumberland at the request of King Morpheus, where he encounters all kinds of strange creatures. At the end of each trip, he wakes up unsure of what was real and what was a dream. And he is reading specifically Little Nemo in Slumberland, issue two. Hmm. All right. So, after Jules, Kurt dies trying to escape for help. Uh, Holden, the scholar, is killed, and the company rejoices because they met the quota. Um, or did turns they? out the yeah turns out the uh, virgin is optional, which is a, a kind of fun twist since historically that's like the mo- most coveted um, these gods, or at least uh, the the company seem to want most like the most corrupt beings instead. I will say this, Kurt's death was fucking insane. Cause I didn't understand like the beginning with the eagle and shit. And then when he fucking like is like, well just jump in, I was like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> I thought that death was really cool. Yeah, it was it was funny, but it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um but plot twist, da 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 da. Uh, Marty didn't die, actually. In fact, he figures out the whole company thing because it turns out uh, that his weed had made him immune to the drugs the chem department had tried to feed him, which I thought was fucking great. It's also that he, they had snuck into his room and laced his weed with something, mm-hmm. and they missed one of his hidden stashes. So yeah. that just so happened to be the one he brought also. Yeah. So, this making making this their fault all over again, just like 1998, they fucked up. And the Japanese group that they were kind of hoping would be the fallback is also failed. The, the little girls in the elementary school won. <laughs> uh, the classroom of nine-year-olds, like, the girls perform a ritual that includes singing a song called a rolling acorn. And this traps the spirit girl into a frog, uh, Kiko's spirit. Um... I think she's yeah meant to be a banku. I yeah do intend to look up that because I feel like that is also a reference to other stuff specifically, and I'll figure that out for the next episode. But yeah, um, so Marty ends up finding an entrance to the company through the grave of one of the zombies because they're located directly underneath the cabin. Uh, they end up jumping into the elevator, which he hot wires to lower. And him and Dana are lowered into a cube, kind of like a puzzle of cages. And it's all these cubes are being held by very are um, are holding various monsters and creatures, kind of just the ones that we were talking about earlier that were on the list. Um, you know that could have been selected. 
And, uh, of course, we'll go into detail later about all these items that they, uh, that they may have belonged to later and stuff like that. Um, the, the puzzle cages are, it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> it made me, <laughs> it think, made me of... think of, go ahead. Well, I was thinking of like the, the elevators in Harry Potter that like travel like up, down, sideways, back and forth kind of thing. It made me think of and Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> with the evil scientists and they're all in like the cages the glass rooms and they have to like oh yeah okay or or, or 13 ghosts where it has like all the fucking cubes where all the um yeah the like the marking tanks are... for the base yeah yeah so it's kind of like that except for all the cubes are moving um in this like warehouse kind of thing uh it's it's really cool but you see a lot of like really crazy things uh, once down there, they figure out how to release all these monsters, which murder everyone, and uh, drive them down into the chamber of the slumbering gods, where they meet the director, played by none other than the most beautiful, wonderful Sigourney Weaver. I love her. Yes. But she died. <laughs> um, if you don't know who Sigourney Weaver is, she's in Avatar, Aliens. Aliens. Uh, Educate yourself. Her voice is in finding dory she's in she's in so much stuff if you don't Galaxy know who sigourney Quest. weaver is yeah yeah man she's a yeah yeah it, yeah she's, a, she's in a lot and it's wonderful she is she's she's wonderful um she does die in the movie marty lives and the gods are all released the end of the movie everybody's dead final plot twist in this movie kurt the one who took them to the cabin because his cousin had just bought it uh, leading to this crazy whole fiasco. Uh, well, it turns out that Kurt doesn't even have a cousin. So, <laughs> that was you know, a great that's... addition. <laughs> it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, that's the end of the movie. A giant hand bursts forth. And... Yeah, and, and smashes... It's so... I You know, I fucking love this movie. It's just so cool. <laughs> and that was like the brief version. The details in this movie are awesome. So watch it. Yeah. 100% Yeah, recommend. no, you need to. So good. I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> so we are going to end this episode with our graveyard. And our graveyard's quite extensive. Because uh, I do... Yeah. I do want to start going through some of the monsters. Um, and then we will expand upon more of them in our next episode. So. Yes. The graveyard. Da-da-da-da! Um, Centuries of sacrifices around the world. They're all going on. There's a whole bunch of people that are supposed to be dying. <laughs> Jules ends up getting her head sawed off by two of the Buckner zombies. I think it's mom and dad. Or mom and Judah. Yeah, it's one of the two. Yeah, something like that. After that, Kurt slams into the invisible wall, attempting to jump the chasm uh, to safety on his dirt bike that he ended up bringing. It's so um, great. Which, it was such a good fucking death, dude. Oh, man. I fucking loved it. Holding gets stabbed through the back of the throat by the hay hook, uh, which means Father Buckner killed him. Uh, and then the entire company gets wrecked by these monsters, and we're gonna tell you that the, about the ones that we actually like see, because there's a lot going on. So it's a it's a whole system purge. Everything's out, <laughs> which seems like a total flaw in their system. But we'll talk yeah, about that yeah. kind of stuff next episode. Right. Uh, most of the horror characters, as we've said, are meant to pay like an homage or a reference to various films in the genre so some of mm -hmm. these i found and other ones i'll look for for next time 
Uh, but Anderson, who worked on this film, said everything had a reference and everything was an homage. So straight from the mouth of somebody who worked on this film. Yeah. So, so the, go for it. You got it. I'll read <laughs> the orange parts. <laughs> okay. So the first wave that gets taken out, it starts off with a giant flying bat that swoops in. Uh, so this is obviously the dragon bat. Um, also, if you've seen Stranger Things season four, it's kind of like that, those bats that they talk about. Um, but it does seem like a D&D character. A dragon yeah, 100 percent. I'm Yeah, like or an avatar last airbender like the turtle dove. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, these were designed by David Leroy Anderson. Um, it, the dragon bat is computer generated. That makes sense. You could read this the, this part because you were so stoked about the it. The ain't yeah yeah okay. <laughs> well, it's one of my favorite fucking movies. The angry molesting tree, like we talked about earlier, grabs just a couple of guys. And this thing, um, I got really confused hearing angry molesting tree, and then once I looked it up, I realized this tree is a reference to the film Evil Dead, the remake specifically, the remake in which a the woman is attacked, and uh, you see this um molesting tree vine uh root uh slither up her leg and uh basically rape her and go inside of her Ugh, that's icky and it like ends yeah and it ends up like uh possessing her in certain ways and like tricking her uh and her and making her see things it's that's not what again, happens in this movie <laughs> no but the remake of evil dead we will do it sometime because i fucking love that movie it's so good and they did it so well so after that, there's also a robot spider looking thing with uh, the saw blade arm. That's what I thought Kevin was. Kevin is just a man. <laughs> uh, then there's the werewolf. Obviously, there's a werewolf. You have to you have to show the werewolf when you reference it. But it kind of apparently there was like this huge thing uh, because Drew, who worked on Buffy wanted it mm -hmm. to look the complete opposite because I guess people really ragged on the way that the werewolves looked in Buffy. And so Drew described the Buffy they were werewolves small? as uh, hairy possums <laughs> in an interview. <laughs> ah, oh, okay. So he um, worked with artist Constantine Sicaris to create them. And he said he made him make, he didn't make it, but he made a bunch of different like models and drawings to get the werewolf the, right. The werewolf, uh, honestly, reminded me of the lichens in Underworld. That's what I thought of, too. Yeah. Those were, that's that's kind of, it. you know, they they stand on the two legs. It's got the long snout. It's, it looks a lot like the lichens in Underworld. And that's I what I thought it was from, so. Sigourney Weaver was super excited because she'd never been in a movie with a werewolf. And so every day that she would, like, show up. She'd be like, is the werewolf here today? Is the werewolf here today? <laughs> she was just really excited. She's in a scene with the werewolf. Like, she's in, like, that whole, like, scenario. So, I mean, at least she gets to play with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, after the werewolf, there's a giant snake that attacks a bunch of people. And the snake, it doesn't look like a normal snake. It looks fucking weird. Like I said earlier, it was a cobra. But apparently the CG creation, it was designed, uh, the design base was on like various different kind of species of snakes which of course included uh cobras rattlesnakes and hognoses 
So, you know. Interesting. Icky, all the same. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then there's a flying woman with white hair that appears to be sucking the souls out of whoever she grabs, like kind of like a Dementor. Um, She looked a lot like a Dementor. (laughs) Yeah, it looks, it, it was weird. Uh, a little flying demon thing and zombies, which I'm sure did not get out of the elevator fast enough to do any, like, real damage. They're probably just feeding on the, the dead people, dead corpses on the floor. Yeah. Easily distracted. So after that, we get the second wave of everything that comes out, um, which also... So this one includes the buzzsaw, like, head guy who is just holding this little puzzle box, um... I, it's a it's a reference to like Hellraiser and their uh, the Cenobites, in a way because it's it's a it's a circle puzzle box instead, um, but that's what I, I think it is is a is an homage to Hellraiser. Ooh, we'll find out next episode if you're right or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a squid alien monster that jumps onto the head of some random guy. It's really funny. <laughs> that I one think. is, I think, specifically supposed to be a reference to the alien movies like the, the the face huggers and stuff yeah uh there's a ghostly apparition thing with like a skull face that floats around and yells at people um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's men in leather and red headed like scarves that are just throwing people over the balcony <laughs> have fun good fall doctors are like creepy frankenstein wet faces that have like a person strapped to a table like on a surgery table um it's really weird uh there's a kid crawling on the ceiling with his head turned around at 180 degrees can't not have one of those yeah you know gotta have kids they're always scary (laughs) you see a woman shoot herself in the head because she doesn't want to get killed by all these monsters probably a Um, smart move (laughs) yeah and the most intriguing one, uh, which I, I find super crazy, it reminds me um, of the um, the strangers. Yeah, this, uh, it is a it's a yeah. They're so or, creepy. It's just like it slows down the whole movie mm-hmm. in such a creepy Cause, way. Cause, so it's it's a group of two men and two women that are wearing like black tie suits and white face masks. Um. And you you end up seeing them, you know, having tied up a group of people and pour gasoline on them. Uh, it's it's straight up like the strangers or like the purge kind of idea where yeah. they're just like they're so we're creepy. Kill you because we can. I don't and know And they why. don't say anything. I thought they but were But when so they cool. like come. Oh, well, yeah. And like what Izzy was saying when it slows down, the way they walk out of the elevators, they're just very calm and they just straight walk. very slowly out of the elevator like very very put together and it's really fucking creepy it was a great way to break up the chaos yeah i agree um so after those guys uh of course there's more zombies in orange jumpsuits so you know prisoners maybe i don't know there's a man with the bag over his head strangling person with a bag over their head uh if i remember correctly this the the man strangling well, no, because that's a group of them. Never mind. I'm sure we'll get there. There's an alien thing called the Giger. Geiger? I think Giger. Geiger. I don't know. I would assume Geiger. That had, like, a more featured spot originally um, when it was... And it, it got filmed, but ultimately the scene was kind of cut, leaving him to just be in the background and just a random character that's seen. 
So this specific character was created and sculpted by Hiroshi Katagiri, who also has an impressive resume, including the newest Avatar, Way of the Water, Hellboy, Antlers, which we did recently, and tons of other like incredible horror films and non-horror mm-hmm. films. He's got many feet with toes in different places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this specific character is meant to be a homage to the Swiss surrealist designer H.R. Geiger. And according, okay. according to his stuff is so cool. Like, go look up pictures. Yeah. According yeah. to Wiki, Hans Rudi Geiger was a Swiss artist best known for his airbrushed images that blended human physiques with machines, an art style known as biomechanical. Geiger later abandoned airbrush for pastels, markers, and ink. His work is beautiful. Well, and bio- biomechanical is used now in tattoos, and they, they are the ones that make uh, the body part or like that tattoo look uh, ripped, and then like the flesh looks ripped, and then it looks like you have um, mechanical body parts inside. It's actually really cool. Some of them look really great, or you can fuck it up really bad. <laughs> but, but yeah, his stuff's cool. Google it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after that, you get the next wave of uh, killers. <laughs> And this is seen through the control room where Hadley and... Sitterson um, and Lynn. Sitterson, thank you, where they are. On the screens, you can see the killer clowns. Uh, there's a ballerina girl with a face that just has a row, a row of teeth. I believe that this is the Sugar Plum Fairy. It's not. Uh, she is oh. called Ballerina Dentata. She's played by a 12-year-old child actress named Phoebe Galvin. That's cool. Okay, so I didn't think she was. Andy and everybody else was like, Sugar Plum Fairy, that's who she is. And then I was like, well, wasn't there like a ballerina on the list at some point or something? Yeah, uh, she's different. Yeah, okay, that that makes more sense. Ronald the intern is holding up a sign that says, and I've been, dry, I've been dying to know what it says, and I never like actually looked into it until now. It says, help me, a dragon back, bat has my scent. I'm the intern. <laughs> That's what, every time he walks up to somebody, he's like, hi, I'm the intern. Hi, I'm the intern. Yeah. Hi, I'm the intern. Maybe he was just super excited to be working where they kill people. I don't know. But I'm curious how he got that internship. After that, you see a Nosferatu-looking vampire going around. And then it's back to the halls where you see a man in a lab coat get wrecked by the bat thing. A girl slowly walking towards a guy on the floor, kind of a, almost like the ring style of oh, something. Oh, yeah. That's kind of. Like a slow stalker. Um, yeah. More zombies. The killer clown takes down another two. Uh, and then this, this fucking one was so cool. I love this. A unicorn stabs some dude in a lab coat twice with his horn. <laughs> Unicorn's a badass, man. So they initially were going to film that with a real horse with a prosthetic but they didn't want anyone to get injured including the horse so they ended up making like a a thing for it and what it Mm. is is they built a wall and then they put the body on it and they put a hole and the actor stands behind the wall and his head sits through the hole like those photos like those photo props oh okay and so his head is there but the body that gets stabbed is like a prosthetic body Um, okay that makes sense and that's how that scene worked out it's a really cool scene. Um, meanwhile, back in the control room, I, I love this death. Truman, the uh, security guy, helper, that's brand new to this uh, work, unfortunately, 
he gets killed by a bunch of uh, scarecrows. So that's the, the like scarecrow gang that you see on the list at the very at, like the beginning. And those um, which characters are based on the 1988 movie. You guessed it, scarecrows. They included da, 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 da. the effects artists that worked on that film. The like effects team for this must be is huge. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if you just heard it. Something just made a sound on based on the 1988 Scarecrows. They included the effects artist that worked on that film, Norman Cabrera. He remade the Scarecrows for this film, and his filmography is also quite impressive. Um, if you don't know, by the very first episode that we ever did of Horror Cats and Witch Hats, I love Scarecrows, and I love um, Jeepers Creepers, who is based, who, who uses like a Scarecrow type of thing. I think Scarecrows are fucking cool. One of my favorite uh, actors like uh, acting positions to play when I worked at the haunted house was the scarecrow because it was one of the best, the so, best characters to play. And I actually have the original scarecrow mask that we used for that role for like years. So just to give you an idea of his uh, CV, I guess, um, mm-hmm. as a makeup department, he has done coming to america scarecrows gorillas in the mist fright night part two gremlins two mm. let's see from dust till dawn Wishmaster, sleepwalkers oh. the x-files house on haunted hill the remake little oh, nicky okay. hey yeah spy kids hey <laughs> okay <laughs> 13 ghosts remake all right austin powers yeah, and good. gold member okay house of a thousand corpses Kill Bill Volume 2, Hellboy. So he's got he's got a fucking good list here. Yeah. The Unborn, Drag Me to Hell. Seven Psychopaths. That's a good movie. Uh, the Walking Dead. Amityville, The Awakening. He's done Malignant, that new one. Yeah, he's done. That movie's really good. Um, I, or at least I really liked it. Yeah, no, he's got a fucking belt full of shit. <laughs> he's a really great guy and a wonderful... Um, wonderful effects artist he's also so, um an actor in spy kids he's one of the fooglies <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> man but yeah i know they're i know the kids now that nowadays are getting a new spy kids but they need to understand the original spy kids they're just, just so good <laughs> after the scarecrows uh hadley gets attacked by the one and only thing he's ever wanted to see in his entire life the merman which uh Seems really uh, like an unreliable source of death at the cabin because this thing can't like walk. <laughs> yeah, it um, just crawls. It has a fishtail, so unless they are like in the lake, in the lake, when it gets yeah. summoned, and he can wipe them all out at the same time, he's not very useful. Yeah. Um, um. The thing I love the most about this is like when he first talks about like I always I'll never see a merman. Uh, Sitterson is like. Trust me, you don't want to see it. The cleanup is hell. Yeah. And, like, watching the death, like, he has, like, a spout and it spouts out all the blood that he's... <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. a it's a blowhole that he has. But, yeah. Uh, so, Anderson, the Leroy Anderson guy, um, he said that this is a nod to Creature of the Black Lagoon. Lagoon. I don't know why yes. I just said it like that. Black Lagoon. <clears throat> the Black Lagoon. That movie's so good. That's actually one of Andy's favorite um, universal horror movies. It was, 
played by the stuntman Rich Centrone. Anderson said in an interview, For the performer on set, it was definitely the most painful makeup. He was completely immobile. He was basically a fish for 12 hours and had to be carried around on a stretcher. When he was laying on the floor, we'd give him a little pillow and he'd kind of curl up in a fetal position and go to sleep. There are a lot of really cute pictures of the merman napping. We'd go gently wake him up and say, It's time to kill. <laughs> that's, that's so... <laughs> that's awesome i love that <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so funny so after it the merman blows my mind he was on set for that long when he had like a 30 yeah. second scene yeah i was gonna say his scene is nothing um so after that lynn gets scooped up by a kraken tentacle skull or tentacle ten tentacle i don't know what a tentacle skull is but you know it's cool it's fine that's the uh weird kraken thing in uh lord of the rings it comes out of the lake yeah there we go there we go um yeah so lynn gets scooped up by the crack like the kraken tentacle that comes out of the ceiling sitterson uh he gets stabbed with the trowel by um by dana not jules by dana i, know, I kept writing jules i'm sorry <laughs> i hate the name dana that's why that's fair um sorry yeah, if your name is dana <laughs> we apologize uh, so he gets stabbed by the trowel that uh, Dana has and was given when he escapes through like this floor, or this like hidden passageway in the floor. I don't know if uh, we see him die or if he. I mean, you see him get stabbed and then he collapses. just like falls down. Yeah, he dies. That's why he's in the grave. Yeah, but we don't know how. I guess. Uh, the um, so the director Sigourney Weaver. She ends up getting axed in the head by Patience, the highly motivated zombie girl that um, ends up being pushed over the edge into, like, where the gods are in, like, the core of the earth, I guess. <laughs> and then um, I just wanted to add this real quick. Patience is played by Jodel Ferland, who was in Supernatural twice as two different characters 13 years apart. Blows my <clears throat> mind Supernatural wow. was on that long. Uh, she's yeah. also in... Um, Dark Matter. Yeah, Dark Matter, and she's the voice of the little witch girl in Paranorman. Oh, cool. She's in The Tall Man, Twilight 3 and 4, Case 39, and The Messengers. She was the little boy. Oh, she yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. I, I love The Messengers. I know you watched that with me a bunch. I love that movie. It's so bad, but so good. Uh, She's in Silent Hill, the TV series. This is a bitch that's in Silent... Oh, never mind. Wow, that was really aggressive. Yeah the way you never just mind, said sorry that. i've always wanted to know who like never mind it's fine, it's fine. we'll do silent hill we'll, we'll answer all your questions uh she's in the tv series for the collector which was a creepy ass movie and the tv there's movie, a tv series for these yeah and the tv movie carrie that came out in 2002 i don't remember i don't know any of these series i didn't know there was a fucking tv series for the collector yeah i don't know if it's still i don't think it's still on i think it was only like one or two seasons check something because i think i think this is exactly who i'm thinking of and while you do that i'm going to finish up the graveyard so dana and marty die from impact as the gods re-enter the world he just like fists them real hard is her and then presumably the whole world dies because the ancient ones were released unless the other companies have some other sort of fail safe that they know how to put them back but we don't get oh. to see that yeah, so really fast side note, Jodell Furland, um, yes, it is the same girl, Silent Hill, it's the movie, not the TV series, there's no TV series for Silent Hill, 
It is based on the movie. Um, and she plays Alessa, who is the fucking most beautiful little actress in the world and plays, like, the creepiest things. And I thought she was, but I never actually looked into it like I should have. And so for, like, 11 years, I've just been guessing this. And I was apparently right. And I love her. She's a great actress. So that's really cool. She's really pretty, too. Thus wraps up The Cabin in the Woods, part one. The, the movie part, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Next episode, we'll go into you know, theories. Uh, we'll talk more about some of the motivation. Monsters, creatures. Yeah, the motivations. All that. References. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuff in the movie, stuff behind the movie, all that jazz. Yeah. And so keep an eye out for that. <laughs> if you're still listening to us after this whatever month-long break we just took, we applaud Thank you. you. We meow at you. We meow. kitten biscuit you with love. Yeah. Yeah, life's been rough. It's been a lot, but we're here and we're doing this and that's what matters. And so. um, we have not picked the next movie. So if nope. you have suggestions or something you want us to do, please hit us up. Uh, our Instagram is... Horror underscore cats underscore witch hats been a long time since we did that yeah i Uh, know like us share us tell your friends about us uh, subscribe do all that fun stuff all that jazz you can also email us pictures of your cats movie recommendations Uh all that jazz at uh horror cats witch hats at gmail.com it's just all one word um send us your thoughts on this movie we'll include it sorry if the hiccups in the next episode or, or let us know if you know some of, like, the history behind, like, any of the monsters or anything like that. Or if you have personal stories of watching these things, you can also send those and we'll share your stories alongside ours. <laughs> yeah, because we, we know we go on tangents, but, you know, sometimes they're fun. <laughs> and otherwise, just go watch yeah. movies. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, go watch Cabin in the Woods. It's amazing. Oh, it's a... Uh... Oh. God damn it, you're interrupting my meow. Sorry, you're going too fast. Um, It's not streaming on anything. I had to pay for it. No. Yeah, I had to borrow my friend's copy of it. Yeah, I rented it for like 99 cents, I think, on Amazon. It's worth it. It's so good, though. If you want to, oh, if you want to donate to our Meeting Brendan Frazier fund or (laughs) our Watching Movies That Are Not Streaming fund, (laughs) send your money, too. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm not going to share my Venmo info, but no, if you DM yeah. me personally with a, we'll start a Patreon if enough people ask. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah. So with that being said, meow.